Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, Trent Condon. Four. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next two hours to talk sports with you. And thank you for uh, sharing some of uh, your time here with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. In about 15 minutes, we will uh, grab David Kaplan uh, on a Tuesday. Tomorrow's just so crazy with uh, all of the all the Iowa and the Iowa State angle that we'll cover tomorrow. So we're going to get Cappy in here this morning. Uh, coming up here in about 15 minutes. After that, we'll head from Chicago to Minneapolis. Dane Muzdatani covers the Vikings, who as of today are still uh, the seventh seed in the uh, NFC playoffs. They would be the final wild card at 6-5. and five. So we'll talk to Muzdatani about the Vikings and where they go. Uh, coming up here at about 11.45. At 12.05, boy, we're all over the place. Off to Vegas, we'll go after that. We're going to move Mike Palm uh, from his normal spot at the end of the week since there will be no local programming. Thursday and Friday. Shouldn't say that. You never know when the morning rush is going to decide to show up and work. Uh, hats off to him. Uh, but uh, for the most part, the afternoon block, the seven-hour block, will all be um, taking a long weekend. So we'll get Mike Palman here at 12.05. And then Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports will try and help us out with the Big 12 playoff scenarios, blah, 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 basketball, football, uh, with Matt Postens before Trent's plays of the day. Mr. Monday Night had another winner last night. He <laughs> sniffed out the Eagles. He did, he did. Well done out of that one. It's an amazing game. I mean, all the drop passes. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just unbelievable, right? These Chiefs. You know, as good as the throw was to Valdez Stanling, uh, Valdez Scantling, um, Justin Watson, fourth and 25. The ball hits him right in the hands, Trent. He's getting pushed in the back, yeah, to still, be fair. It that, was high. I, uh, make that catch. No, Valdez Scantling make that catch. Well, that's true, but I'm, I'm not letting Justin Watson off the hook, too. He wasn't pushed hard. If you look, and I'm not sure if it was Slay, was 30, was it 33? 33 got beat by Valdez Scantling. Um, whoever the Eagles cornerback, he was kind of brushing him. I think you're, I think you're cutting him too much slack. I'm not cutting slack. Well, and it was also raining. Look, you have to make the play. <laughs> you have to ask the question that you asked way back in August. Yeah. Is this wide receiver crew good enough? No. It certainly does not look like it right now. No. And it's going to show up in a big moment. And they're look, counting on Richie James. Richie James. It's going He's to gonna be, save you? It's going to be cold come January. This just in. January weather, <laughs> not good. In Kansas City or Baltimore or wherever the AFC Championship game is going to be. Yeah. And with that group of receivers, mm, P- are you confident? You? No, you can't be. I mean, Nick, Nick Athen can't be confident. No, absolutely He's the biggest not. Chiefs fan I, I, Homer we've ever had on the radio. Optimistic all the time. <laughs> See, Even when they stink, he's optimistic. Yeah. Uh, look at I, I, this, this Patrick Mahomes. Um, he's just unbelievable, yes. right? This, this cat, I was thinking about this. This is what I fell asleep to last night. This guy's probably going to haunt me the rest of my life. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you were going dark before bed, huh? <laughs> I mean, the good guy. If, he, if he's placed for another 12 years, I'm 76. You're in good shape. Well, You're I fine. hope, but yeah. at the same time. I'll still be willing you in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. If that's, if that's where we're at, my good God. But he is. The, the ball was. 
okay, a little high, but he had a chance oh. to make. He is so good that run where he somehow he picked up fourteen mm-hmm. tight roping down the sidelines. The ball he put right in the bucket to Rasheed Rice. That was an amazing uh, throw and catch. He's so damn good. He's unbelievable. He's one of one. He's one of one. And if he had any help, you know who I really like, by the way? Boy, this Pacheco runs hard, doesn't he? He runs hard. He's a guy that feels like he should have more juice to him, though, right? Because he does. He runs so hard. And there was a little bit. But there just hasn't been the holes for him this year. I don't know how many games. Man, Pacheco's having a nice game. 14 carries, 53 yards. Yeah. <laughs> there are just so many of those throughout the course of this whole yeah. season. Your point. Where it feels 19 like, carries, 89 yards last night. I thought it was sure, for sure. And that's on the, the high hundo. end. Right. That's on the high end for him because it's yeah. usually not even that. You're exactly right, though. He runs so incredibly oh. hard. Is it schematically? Here, here's, his, here's his tally, Trent. You're right. Um, this, is his, this is his body work his last five games. 89, 66, 40, 32, 62. Just... Ho hum, right? But he runs hard. But yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, I just thought that for sure he's topped the hundo once against the uh, against pretty good defense in the Jets. the Jets. Yeah, uh, average four point seven yards per carry. That's good. Mm-hmm. Last uh, week before game before against Miami, four point one. Had five against Denver, two and a half yards per carry against the Chargers, three point nine against Denver the first time, three point four against Minnesota. It just feels like there should be more mm-hmm. there and. So Athen told us, I thought, something really interesting yesterday, that with the bye week, coming back from Germany, there was a whole lot more fingerprints from Patrick Mahomes on what they wanted to do. Yes, he said that, yes. And I I thought it was a great point. Uh I thought you saw that Uh in the game, even where, for him, it was a whole hum effort. Now, if you tack another 67 yards on there on a touchdown, that stat line looks a whole lot different for Patrick Mahomes. But if this wide receiver issue continues, and it's an issue, there's no doubt. You cannot say that it's not a concern with this team. Do they have to reinvent themselves on the fly and become, because you have a talented running back, Mm -hmm. have more part of your game plan be dedicated to just that? To run the football? We're going to get Pacheco consistently, Uh 18 to 22 carries a game. Mm -hmm. Use McKinnon out of the backfield more because he really catch the ball. Yes, he can. What what was Edwards Hilaire's final tally last night? Two for 20. That was it? Two for 20. They felt big though, didn't they? They did. Yes, they did. But they only got they only got two carries in the football game. Yeah, Pacheco runs hard. Tony returning punts. He did some mm-hmm. things last night. I thought he got my attention, and he hadn't been doing that full time. Look, they are now. I guess Baltimore, who's played an extra game. Baltimore must have a late buy. They're eight and three. Um, it looks as though it's one of those two teams. Baltimore, Kansas City. Baltimore gets their bye after this week. Is that when they get yep. it? Who else you want to put in from the AFC? Dolphins are fake. I think so, too. What about the Brownies? No, not with that Dolphins, Robinson? To win three games, which the Browns would have to do, to get to a Super They can't win three games. I don't... But that defense... It's really good. elite. Yeah. But Jacksonville? You can win a game, maybe two games. with. You can't win three mm-hmm. in a row with that defense in the playoffs. Jacksonville... I'd buy them certainly more than the Browns because okay. at least there's some competence. Well, they got a quarterback. Yeah, on the other uh-huh. side of the football. And what we've seen from Ridley, that dude's yeah. a stud. No, he is. Absolutely is. Stay away from the teasers and the parlays. Mm-hmm. Stay out there on the field. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's learned. I want to believe he's learned yeah, his I lesson. I think so. I think so. How about the Bills? 
Have you seen what they have coming up? I'll get it for you right now in front of you. It All right, is here we go. A oh gauntlet. my God. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys the next three weeks. Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys. That's At the not Chargers? Fair. That's not a gimme. Yeah, it is. It's the Chargers. No, it's <laughs> because it'll be a three point game one way or the other. That's true. And if finally one time a break actually goes yeah. the Chargers' way, it'll be there. And they wrap up at the Dolphins. Wow. Yeah. I, Buffalo's almost a cross-off because of that. Uh-huh. And they're obviously a half game back of the final wild card right now behind the Texans and the Steelers. Let me let me look at the Chiefs. Have you got the Chiefs in front of you? I know that they they have a relative. They, their toughest game was the Bengals. And oh, by the way, yeah, Joe Burrow's gone. He's done. Uh, Raiders, Packers, Bills, Patriots, Raiders, Bengals, Chargers. Do your loss? At worst case scenario, Bills. They have two in there. Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. Raiders are on the road. Divisional game. Anything could happen. All right. At the Packers. I don't know. Maybe it's snowing. Maybe it's Sunday night. Seventeen thirteen. You know something like that. Yeah. Bills at home. They'll beat that Bills team. Patriots. That's awful. That's a buy. That's a buy. (laughs) Home to the Raiders. Another buy. Home to the Bengals. Another buy. And at Chargers. It's um, it's fascinating. Staley coaching that game? Is Staley coach? No, he shouldn't be coaching this week. Is it Staley's last stand? Is this it? Who if do they, they fall have on this Sunday, week? Ravens. They fall on Sunday. Oh, boy. If they get embarrassed, how about that? At Ravenville or in L.A.? It's in L.A. At home, they get they get run out of the building the 31-10. Then it has to be over. Yeah, you got to rip the Band-Aid off. He's yep. not coming back. No, he's not coming back. He's not coming back. The Chargers are 4-6 and six with all that talent. And all those close losses. Every single week. 36-34, 27-24, 27-17. Oh, here's one. They got blown out. 31-17, 41-38, 23-20. Of their six losses, five of them were by three points. That's what this team is. And with someone that's not an idiot... And I, I wanted to like Brandon. Well, the, this this fellow you're talking to is an idiot because he keeps betting him every damn year. Yeah, stop doing that. Stop doing that. Oh, the the Padres, God. speaking of, well, former yeah. San Diego with the Chargers. Yeah, how about this? I like this. They got Mike Schilt. I like it. And now you're all of a sudden going to bet the Padres this winter, aren't you? Please don't. Uh, please take my phone. Did, did you see the, did. the tweet that I sent you over the yes, weekend? Somebody funny. said there needs to be a lock on Chargers bets. We need to set that up for you for both the Absolutely. Chargers and the Padres. Absolutely. No more. No more San Diego-based or formerly based teams uh, for me. And I don't know what it is. Beautiful city. I have no ties there. Um, Baltimore? Yeah, Ravens. Um, we'll get to the phones here in a second. If you're, in, if you're on hold, we'll come right to you. Baltimore. This is what they have. Well, Sunday okay. nighter against the Chargers. Yep. Then their bye week. Yep. Home for the Rams. Off the bye, yep. At the Jaguars. Okay. That could be a big matchup. Yeah, yeah. At the 49ers. Oh, Ooh. Hello. Home for the Dolphins. Tough. And then home for the Steelers. Not easy. Which will be a three-point game, and yes. you'll get four and a half, and why didn't I grab the Steelers in the points? And I'll tell you coming up in January about that as we get to our football mm. Friday picks that So day. of the heavy heads, would you, is it fair to say that the Chiefs have by far the easiest path? <sighs> I think so. So back through Arrowhead again for the AFC? Which would be year number six. Oh, it makes me sick. <laughs> it really does. I mean, I'm, it's I, good for business. Yeah, it is. And look at I have all the respect for them in the world. I do. That's a phenom. He's a phenomenal player. But why wouldn't anybody that had a that in in a quarterback class that uh, they were fighting each other to jump up and take a quarterback? And somehow this cat falls in Andy Reid's lap. Oh my God! 
unbelievable. And if they own, and they're going to fix it. I mean, maybe not in time for this year, but they're going to get receivers in there. Who who wouldn't want? Look, if it comes down to, I don't know. I'll pull a number out of my. You know what? Okay, fourteen point five million for one year to play for the Arizona Cardinals, or $13.5 million mm-hmm. to play with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And you've been in the league a while, and you've had some, some personal success, but no team success. Take the cut and pay and go play for the Mahomes, with Mahomes. Because you're going to make that money up in spades. Yeah. Well, you get it back in playoff shares, right? Right. <laughs> right. And, difference... and that ring, that ring, and yeah. you, I mean, that lasts forever. Uh, Nate, thanks for being patient. Nate, how are you? Oh, doing good, Ken. It's your favorite chief. Ah, good to hear from you. <laughs> hey, I got. We haven't talked about the Chiefs' defense. Now it's unbelievable, yeah. aren't they? My yeah. God. So they're seven and three, and I made my. I was barely sleep last night, so <laughs> me neither. Worked up. <laughs> but the Chiefs' offense has not scored in the second I half in two consecutive it's games. Unbelievable. Chiefs' offense has not scored in the third quarter in four consecutive games. Unreal. How does that happen? I, 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 I just, and it's, it's, it's 26 drops by receivers. Yeah. <laughs> I thought going into this season they'd have a bunch of number twos. Mm-hmm. So you're locked down corner, yep. down one guy, and you got a bunch of number twos that will get open against your third and fourth cornerback, mm-hmm. and it just hasn't had Like, Rasheed Rice is the only one that mm-hmm. has, like, Anything to look forward to. Yeah. No. And yes, I was saying it over and over. Like, you're getting paid $7 million, the top paid receiver on the team, mm. and you have the most drops. Yeah. Did you hear the oh, story last forward. night from the broadcast uh, that Rasheed Rice and, uh, and Mahomes worked out leading up to the draft? I mean, I guess they're both Texas guys, right? Oh, okay. uh, and they yeah, worked. they worked at Texas. Yeah. Flowers and. Uh, well, Flowers was there, too. Wow. Flowers and who went to the Saints? Alave? Yes, no, yeah, Olave. yeah. I think yeah, but yeah, he's there. Was it Alave? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. I think those yeah, three went there with Mahomes, and then he. I think Mahomes was the tight end. You guys, but yeah, he worked. They worked out like I mean, interesting. I, I just, I can't believe you got it. Yeah, I just don't understand. MVS, he can run three routes to go a post, uh, a, a a long dig, and then they got Justin Watson that can run the same exact three routes, and I just. Hey Trent, can't believe they can't come with an answer. Uh, good stuff, Nate. Good to hear from you. Appreciate it as always. Um, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. I love our banter, whether it's on the air or during a commercial break when you reach out. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, kid. Yeah, good to hear from you. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, Trent. Good call. Let's take a break and then we'll get Cappy. Cappy next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point. For doing this, uh, being flexible. How are you, Cap? I am awesome. Awesome. Uh, things are good. Just everybody's moving stuff around. Hey, can we uh, get you to do this show? And yeah. hey, can we, you work Christmas Day? Since you're Jewish, we need day after the big. Whatever you need. Well, you're certainly uh, we're accommodating for us. We appreciate that. So, Cap, I want to ask you about the report that came out. I think it was going into the weekend or at some point since we've last spoken, and I'm not sure if it was Nightingale, if it was somebody, that the Otani sweepstakes is legitimately down to two teams, the Dodgers and the Cubs. Do you believe that? And if so, what are the chances? Is it 50-50, 60-40? Where's his lean? What do you know? I don't believe that it's down to two. I think those are the two front runners. That's a different story. But to say that, you know, Boston or 
the Giants, some of these teams that have you know massive bankrolls, I, I gotta think they're going to get a seat at the table. Do I think the Cubs are serious, or are they just you know getting involved? Like when Andy McPhail ran the Cubs, they made an offer to Mike Hampton for I think it was a hundred and five million, and he signed for whatever it was one twenty five. And back then, that was like stupid, insane money. And I remember asking him. You guys got beat. He said, we offered 105. Well, you got beat by $20 million in a time when that was just insane. He's like, but we offered 105. Yeah, but he signed for 125, so you didn't spend anything. You just made it look good because you dipped your toes in the water. I'm serious. I just don't know if they can get it. Interesting. Cap, we're, uh, we're having trouble. You're cutting out on this a little bit. Can you hear us? Uh, I think I can hang yeah, on. Yeah, there you go. Well, you're, Is that better? Yeah, you're in and out, but uh, we we got the, uh, the the majority of your answer. So um, yeah, I was just telling you that I truly believe they're seriously involved. Gotcha. Good stuff. What kind of package are we talking about? Ten years, five hundred million, high, low, short. Where are we? If I throw out just that wild um, contract offer, I don't believe that he's a guy who's taking this. You know, one year. $40 million deal so that he can get his elbow right and then get back to free agency. I don't believe he's doing that. No person of sound mind would turn down a potential guarantee of half a billion dollars to bet on themselves so they can make what? An extra 50, 60? Okay, so let's assume he did that. He got his 40 million, had a good year, opted out, went back on free agency. So he's made 40, and now he gets, instead of signing 10 for 525, he gets 10 for 600. So you're going to risk all that, all that guaranteed money, which I'm sure they'd put opt-outs and all that other stuff. You're going to risk all that so that you can make an extra $60 million. I don't believe that. I think he's signing a long deal, maybe a couple opt-outs, but... You know, we just saw Aaron Nolan, no opt-outs, a no-trade clause. Mm -hmm. Bryce Harper, no opt-outs, a no-trade clause. Like, I'm going to commit to you, you're going to commit to me. You're taking a risk paying me for 10 years, I'll take the risk that someone else will get $80 million a year, I'm going to commit to your city. That's what I hope he does. And if that's the case, and the Cubs want to pony that up, let's go. Uh, did they sign a left-handed relief pitcher that's making his way back into the uh, into the bigs? I think maybe in, spent some time in Japan. Yeah, they did. I'm trying to remember his name right now. It's not like oh Alvarez. My God, they got yeah, yeah. It was a guy who didn't you know washed out here. Some yeah. has pitched better there. Maybe he's going to come back. And you know, Miles Michaelis was a guy that came back from Korea and had you know good success so far with the Cardinals. He's been very solid. So. It's that type of a deal. They got to get, you know, Yamamoto mm-hmm. or Inaga. We got to get one of the big names. They got to. Well, a big name in Chicago is Justin Fields. Played very well at times, but was it a finger point that uh, frustrated everybody and got everybody fired up trying to put the Lions away? In the grand scheme of things, didn't that work out perfectly? You saw Justin Fields play well, and they took the L. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but when you have a historic loss, and that's what it was. Mm -hmm. That was a historic loss. No team, I don't know if you saw my tweet, no team in the history of the NFL since they started the record-keeping in 1932 has had a three or more turnover differential in the positive and 
had 40 or more minutes of possession time and lost the game. They were 48-0 with those stats prior to Sunday's epic collapse. Yet Matt Eberflus wants you to know, I thought the defensive coordinator, that would be me, did a really good job at the end of the Carolina and New Orleans games. Stop yourself. This guy embarrasses himself on a daily basis. Um, is there a chance, Cap, that he doesn't make the year? What are they waiting for, I guess? There's really nobody that you could make the head coach. That's A. Mm. B, you know, they play hard for the guy. I'm not going to tell you he's incompetent. I just don't want him as my head coach. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be a fine D.C., but that guy up there every day representing my $5.5 billion franchise, that's our front man? Stop yourself. No chance. If there is a trade cap, or if, there is, if they do fall into the number one pick and they fall in love with Caleb Williams or Drake May, or I don't think it'd be Penix, I think it'd be one of the former two, what conceivably does Fields bring um, in the trade market? Has anybody kicked the tires on that, what he could bring? I mean, obviously they wouldn't be dealing from strength. Whoever they're dealing with knows that they, they're not keeping both of those guys. What could they get for Fields? I would think that the trade would go down and they would already have their mind made up. We're taking that dude, whoever that dude is, right? Drake May or Caleb Williams or whoever, and then they would get probably a second-round pick mm-hmm. for Justin. So mm-hmm. basically you got Montez Sweat for free. Not bad. That's yeah. A little player. What about Montez Sweat's usage? There was, I know, a question after the game from Eberflus about that. Uh, you pay the guy. I guess you want him for the future, but has been out there a ton compared to well, a guy that's get, making that kind of money. Yeah, it's so frustrating that he's in there for 63% of the snaps, and it's not like this guy's coming off injury or has you know held out for nine weeks and we got to get him back in games. He's played every week, and he's a hell of a player, and the game is on the line at the end, and he's standing on the sideline, and Iberflus said, we run a rotation. That's how we're going to do it. So Aiden Hutchinson can be in the game at the end and play whatever he played, 90-some percent of the snaps. And our guy who we gave $98 million to, 60 of it guaranteed, that guy standing on the sideline with the game on the line when they're trying to get the game-winning touchdown, that's another reason this coach has to go. Uh, I want to ask you about your recap question from uh, from your uh, YouTube channel, Cap. The most disappointing star in Chicago points, uh, Chicago sports, rather, in the past decade. Disappointing on the uh, field of endeavor or on the ice or whatever, uh, on the court, uh, or does that mean performance or does that mean you guys just a, a, a you-know-what? Just a whole, no, not their off-the-field gotcha. stuff. It's how did they perform? They were paid and billed as a star. I right. mean, a star. Zach Levine would be my answer. Mm-hmm. Jake Cutler would probably be number two. Um, you know, who really did, like Jason Hayward, not a great offensive player, awesome mm-hmm. person, beloved in our community, gold glove winner, but he signed for $184 million and you got gold gloves in a speech. That's just a fact. <laughs> That's a fact. Good, again, in a lot of ways, just not a star. So who in this town that has come here billed as a superstar? Mm-hmm. Mitchell Trubisky was never billed as a superstar. Drafted to be one, right. but never was billed as one. Um, Justin Fields, he, that chapter hasn't been closed yet on him. So for me, it's Zach Levine, wildly overrated, wildly disappointing, incredibly gifted and paid. 
like a superstar with a max deal of $215 million. And then Jay Cutler, the epitome <laughs> of mediocrity and did not represent the organization the way they had hoped as well. Last thing for me, Ryan Poles will be looking for a new coach. Eberflus falls to 0-9 against the North in his illustrious career in Chicago. Jesus. What kind of coach is he going to be looking at, the head man, and how much involvement will there be from the front office when Poles makes his choice this time? Well, I think Kevin Warren's going to be heavily involved in the selection of who the head coach is. Absolutely. Kevin Warren's more of a football guy. This is not Ted Phillips and George McCaskey hiring an 80-year-old guy. Not to get that done. And I think there, look, there's no guarantee that this guy's getting fired, but I think he will. You can't have a 6 and 22 record and he can ride back to Indianapolis for all I care and be a, a DC. So I think they'll hire an offensive coach, but just hire the best leader of 53 men, period. Best leader, put the best staff together. And if that's Dan Quinn, or if Mike Tomlin became available, I don't care what position you coach. Bill Belichick goes down as one of the greatest. He was a D.C. Mm -hmm. Tomlin, defensive guy. Pete Carroll, defensive guy. Then there's Sean McVay, who was never a head coach, and he was an offensive guy. There's a bunch of really good coaches. John Harbaugh never was a coordinator. He was a special teams guy. Get the best leader of 53 men. Happy Thanksgiving, Cap. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you uh, a week from tomorrow. I look forward to it, and turkey is wildly overrated. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm the ham guy in the house. Good to hear from you, Cap. Thank you, buddy. Uh, David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa, sponsors Cap. You're Team Ham. I'm Team Ham. Team Ham. A little bit of turkey. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuffing. Yeah. Uh, the potatoes with the sour cream and the cream cheese. Okay. Uh, you can't beat them. My mom's secret potatoes. Um, pie? Pie, apple. Apple. Apple, hate pumpkin. Hate, hate pumpkin, hate pumpkin pie. Never been a fan. Don't get it. A lot of whipped cream. I don't get it. I just I can't stand it. I hate pumpkin pie. <laughs> um, maybe a little over the top. So it's you and Cindy. Yeah, and Cindy's youngest. Is oh, home. he's home. Yep, okay. he's back. He's home for Thanksgiving. That's for a week. Yeah. Dane. Dane. Yep. Youngest, thirty-six. <laughs> so you'll make a ham and a turkey. Ham and a turkey. Got to have the turkey bag. Got to have the turkey bag. That's the key. Put that. Put the turkey in the bag. Uh-huh. Keeping all the juices, all that moisture. Gizzards. You eat nope. the gizzards out of there. Nope. You're Canadian. You eat the neck. Nope. Okay. Nope. No. Nope. Just, <laughs> just, just, don't just the normal what? stuff. Uh, chop the celery and the onions. Make the stuffing. Uh-huh. Um, How much prep work are you doing? Or is this all? Also, I do it all. You do it I all. I do it all. I've done it all for. Um, because you since love, I moved to the here to yeah eight, eight, 1989. you love Thanksgiving about as much as anybody. I this know. is my favorite holiday. Yeah, I love this is American Thanksgiving is the nuts. You like your routine. Yep. How much does your routine change? How early do you get up to prepare? Same time. Same time. Okay. I should I know that? I'll eat at quarter to ten. So on same thing. Right. You're not even gonna nope Sunday night game or the Thursday night game gets no nope. So everybody's got to wait. No, no, they can eat. They can eat early. Yeah, okay, I'm okay. the only one that I eat at 9:45 every day. Every day. Yep. And then hit the sack. <laughs> it's, it's a different way to do it. It is. Yeah. But it works for you. I just don't want to ruin a good buzz. I'll never understand that. Uh, that's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh huh. You can eat before buzz. you. Yeah, do. it's not the same. It's not the same. Tried when we we had to do that when we were in Chicago because Palm likes to eat at five o'clock. Yeah. Yep. And so it was good. I mean, we it was a great steakhouse we it went was. to. Um, 
But it's just, yeah, I didn't like it. 9.45 turkey and just a heaping plate, too. Just I'll be the heap. last one in Polk County to eat. Yes, you will. I will be. Everybody else will be absolutely oh, passed out. And had you? their seconds and thirds. Uh-huh. Yep. Love it. Love the day. Absolutely love the day. This is uh, this is the time that I get very melancholy for Grandma's mashed potatoes and gravy. Do you? Yeah, that's my all-time favorite. Yeah. My all-time oh, favorite. Something and, to be said for him, isn't it? Yes. And yep. this is the time. It was always, Thanksgiving was always at Grandma Condon's, and this is always the time. Really miss her and miss that dish. It was my yeah, favorite. don't blame you. And a little turkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little stuffing, but mm-hmm. it was mostly mostly mass, mass Lambert Newer's ham, honey. I don't know if it's they're, they're just delicious. Um, you know what's it, underrated? What's that? I like ham. Yep. I like turkey. They're both solid. Mm-hmm. Whenever you get a roast beef, somebody makes a good roast beef, like an oven roast beef. Yeah, it doesn't happen often, but I've been at a few yeah. Thanksgivings. That's that's the under the. Have you ever one. had Yorkshire pudding with your roast no. beef? No. Oh my god! What is your? I, it's I've like heard a of it. bread. It's like a okay. It's not a dumpling. It's kind of like a dumpling. It's their little puffs mm-hmm. of oh my god, with gravy and the roast beef and the banana. You can't beat it. Can't beat it. Forty eight hours away, we'll be off and celebrating. <laughs> the ball will be in the air in Detroit. Yes, it will. The anthem will be of sung. Will have been sung, and we are about to embark on a. How many hour journey of NFL football with a little egg bowl sprinkled with in? The egg bowl. Yeah. Well, and we got a big day of basketball that day. So what? Yeah. Are you... So the uh, the clones play at what three? Yes, I believe that is. And Let when me bring do the Hawks sure. play? Let me bring it up just to make sure I got the times correct here because this is going to throw a wrench into your normal I plans. I know. You have uh, Iowa plays at two. Okay. Four thirty estimated tip time for Iowa State VCU. 4.30, okay. And you and I is playing in the battle for Atlantis. They play North Carolina they tomorrow. They got beat yesterday, right? Yeah. Oh, they can play North Carolina tomorrow? Yeah, what UNC, uh, 11 a.m. Perfect. Yeah, we'll have that one on. Yeah. And uh, watch them take their shot against the Tar Heels. And I have to look at their schedule when they likely play again. But Well, and, and, and what happens, obviously it depends on the outcome of uh, the two games Thursday, but what's the likelihood somebody's going up against Nebraska and Iowa on Friday morning? Oh, that's a good call too. Yeah, we'll, we'll get a, let's get all of this up, up in front of us and figure this thing out. Because and then what's our friends down the hall at WHO ten forty WHO going to do? So you and I, if they win, they're not going to win. If they win, would play at one thirty on Thanksgiving Day. Okay. With a loss, they play the eleven a.m. game on Thanksgiving tomorrow okay. against the loser on of Villanova Thursday. Texas Tech okay. on Thanksgiving. So that's what they have. But yeah, when you talk about Iowa State, so what's that? The ESPN Invitational, I think, is what that thing's called. Let's get the bracket up here. They beat VCU. They're going to beat. They're favored I, by like ten yes. against VCU. Mm-hmm. They'll take on either Vatek or Boise. That's a toss-up game. Iowa State would be favored about nine. Okay, in both of those. Uh, the game on Friday, four thirty, is the estimated tip time again. Good. And then the championship is on Sunday, so they don't play Saturday. They play Sunday at noon in the championship. So stay game. away from the full slate of college football. And we know that the Iowa game is locked in. Regardless if they win or lose against okay. Oklahoma, they play Friday at, I think it's 4 o'clock. That works. Is, uh, and when that one is locked in. so Which is kind of weird, but it's okay for TV, right? You're mm-hmm. just going to lock in a time mm-hmm. and Iowa plays at this time, USC, play, or whoever what the other one plays at this time. Probably the right thing to do. Then you know. When a right. 14 bracket, yep. I'm okay with that. 
And Big Fox will have that uh, Black Friday basketball game, too. Kind of interesting. Uh, and where's Iowa? Are the, the Big Ten Network have the Iowa Nebraska game? No, that's got? CBS. C- oh, CBS has yes. that. Yes. Forget yeah. about that. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, what goes up against that? Memphis Temple, Miami, BC, TC, Oklahoma, Ohio, Akron, blah. Um, Missouri, Arkansas at three. Penn State, Michigan State at six thirty. Here's the big one. Yes. O- Oregon State, Oregon. Hopefully, we'll get the bright colors as they've done oh, a few times. It. Yeah, give me the orange and the green. Yes. Do you have a ticket on Oregon? I do. What I have, did you get them at? I have a fourteen to one on Bo Nix to win the Heisman. That's and really good. A Eighteen. It's, it was less than twenty. Eighteen to one, I think, on them to win the national championship. I got them at thirty-three to one. That's really good. I got a uh, Alabama at forty to one. That's yeah. I got some Penn State tickets if anybody's interested. <laughs> They're on sale. <laughs> I'll give it to you real cheap. Yeah. Uh, what else do I have in the futures market? I, I did a Georgia one way back in January mm-hmm. when they were three to one because I said, well, I'm not going to get a better price than this, and it hasn't been mm-hmm. throughout the course of the yeah. summer and throughout the course of the year. So have that in my back pocket. I don't have any. I have Washington win the Pac-12. I grabbed very Oregon. Much still Apple. alive, Trent. This Washington team—they're very much still alive. Nothing. Florida State. Nothing. Louisville. Does Florida State fall out of the top four tonight? They do. I think they do too. And it's not. I don't even think it's because of Travis's injury. Because Miami pushed them. Because they don't. They, they've never felt all year long like this is the one of the best four teams in the country. No, I just think Washington's resume is better. It is better. Yeah, I think that's going to be the justification. Uh, what's Florida State's best win? LSU. Yeah. Three losses. Three losses, right. Yeah. Hmm. You can't keep them out at 13-0, and 0, though. Even if they squeak by, you, you just can't do that. Can what, you? What if, what if Alabama beats Georgia? Sorry, SEC. Who's going? Big Ten winner. Okay. What if it's Iowa? Flor- no, then no. The but but different what if it's Iowa, right? Things play out in that fashion. Okay. Everything plays out. So the favorite wins in the Big Ten. Yes. Okay. Penn State, or excuse me, Ohio State or Michigan. Okay. In. Yeah. Florida State at 13-0. In. Then you get into either undefeated Washington, obviously. Mm-hmm. Oregon would be out with two losses. Or a host of 12-1 teams. And how do you decipher between... Big 12 champion, one loss, Texas. Who beat Alabama. Who beat Alabama. Alabama. Who beat Georgia. Georgia, who beat none of them. Right. Or, and who's left? Well, that's, you're picking one if those other three teams are in at 13-0. and 0. What conference is most likely to get two? I don't think anybody can get two either. anymore. The only way I could see it is if it would be if Alabama beats Georgia and Georgia somehow... They would need Iowa to win. What they would, would need Louisville be... to win. They would need a lot for that What would Georgia be favored over, over Florida State? Without Travis? Yeah. Thirteen and a half. I was going to say fourteen and a half. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's going to be a lot. You watching tonight? No. <laughs> Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three. Condon, welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Time to talk Minnesota Vikings with our friend Dane Mazzutani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Uh, he covers the team. Dane, Trent, and Ken, uh, thank you for finding time for us today. Dane, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing well. Uh, Vikings, can I just get a selfish one in here as a hockey fan? <laughs> What's wrong with Kaprizov? 
There has to be. He's way too good of a player to be having the start that he is. Is there something that they're not telling us? Yeah, it's hard hard to say authoritatively just because I'm not in that locker room every day anymore. Right. But, uh, I, I agree with you. I mean, it seems like he's got to be plagued by something. I know before they left for Sweden, um, he took a maintenance day, and he's not usually one to take a maintenance day. So I, I got to think there's something going on there. Um, he just doesn't look like the same player, which leads me to believe he's not 100%. Um, he's also one of the toughest guys and I guess borderline stubborn. So mm. you assume he's playing through something. Um, and if he is, I don't even know if he's saying. So uh, hard, to, hard to know, but you look at him and you watch him play, and he, he certainly doesn't look um, like he's at 100%. Question for you on the quarterback, Josh Dobbs, as we move over to the Vikings. Seeing some stuff out of him. If he continues to develop, looks pretty good. We know Kirk Cousins coming back from the Achilles injury. Who knows what it's going to be, and there's no contract there. Is there a potential where Dobbs could sign a two, three-year deal here, still in season before we get to the end, if this kind of growth continues from him? Yeah, I would assume the Vikings are going to let this one play out to the offseason and, and I guess not work ahead of it. I think it makes sense at this point to just kind of see what you have in him. Um, the first two weeks were magic. Last week he was pretty good, um, mm-hmm. but there were, were certain things that um, kind of, helped lead to the loss, wouldn't put it on him by any means, um, but he wasn't as spectacular as he was in the first two weeks. So I think what's going to happen is they're going to let this thing play out. If he can lead them to a playoff you know, berth and potentially a playoff victory, I think he will probably be rewarded with a contract because of that. But I, I don't know. You don't need to necessarily get ahead of this thing right now. Um, just with the way the cap looks and the way the books move, you know, going forward. Um, so I think it's really up to him if he plays, continues to play well and, and they make the playoffs and they maybe steal a win. Um, then, yeah, I think he could be the quarterback of the Vikings next year on kind of a bridge deal. Um, but there's still so much time kind of between now and then. So I think they'll kind of use time to their advantage here. I thought they had a win stolen from them on Sunday. I'm a Broncos fan, Dane. I have no idea how they won the football game. I thought the Vikings were by far the better team on the field. Yeah, no doubt about it. They were um, in almost every metric except for the turnover margin. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why everyone was so frustrated post-game. Um, you walked into that locker room and just the juxtaposition between the last five weeks where no matter what was in front of them, they always found a way. You know, that five-game winning streak kind of helped turn this season around well they found a way because they won the turnover margin during that five-game winning streak something they did not do uh, the other night so it's hard to win in this league on the road it's even harder to do it when you turn the ball over three times and don't turn the the other team over at all so um, that's what you can chalk it up to and i think there was some frustration you know within the vikings locker room because they believe they were the better team they proved they were the better team for most of the night um yet they left denver with a loss an extra day to prepare for the Bears. I'm not sure how much preparation it takes against that godforsaken organization. <laughs> I say that as a Bears fan. However, Justin Jefferson, J.J., has got the 21-day window. They have the bye week then after the Monday night game against the Bears here. He's listed as questionable. What do you believe the likelihood is that we see J.J. out there or give him more time, get him ready, and when they come back after the bye in Vegas, is that the time we expect to see him? That's what I would do. I just I would be so tempted to just take that extra week with him. 
Um, I guess the argument against that is you could play him this week and then he'd have two weeks to recuperate. Uh, but I just think like when you look at ooh, the, the the way they've spoken about Justin Jefferson throughout this season, um, it hasn't been necessarily we want him back just for you know our stretch run this year. It's been very much focused on we want him healthy and 100% moving forward for many years to come. So we've seen what hamstrings can be. They can become chronic if you don't take care of them mm-hmm. and you don't make sure they're at 100% when a guy returns to the field. You look at what Cooper Cup went through for about two and a half years with, with his hamstring you know, deal-ups. So I think the Vikings are trying to make sure they're smart, and, and the best way to be smart with them is to give him more time. Um, that 21-day practice window open or needs to be opened or he needs to be activated by next Wednesday, but that also, like we talked about, coincides with the bye. So I just think it makes too much sense to to, to wait one more week um, with him, and I guess by that, two more weeks because of the bye. So I, I don't expect to see him Monday. I think they're going to probably keep up the charade throughout the week because why not? Yep. Um, but I would be pretty surprised if, if we see him on the field. Dane Muzzatani, St. Paul Pioneer Press, TwinCities.com uh, on the Vikings beat. Dane, it seems, and I haven't seen, um, I didn't see all of TJ Hawkinson's uh, Lions career. I mean, who watched the Lions before they got good? <laughs> um, but it sure seems to me like the Dobbs and Hawkinson have something working. The, I don't know if Dobbs has been always been a guy that's looked for, to find his tight end, but to me, me, T.J. Hawkinson is is um, since Dobbs has got in there has looked the best he has certainly as a Viking. Fair to say? Yeah, I think it's just a nice security blanket for any quarterback, but also a quarterback who's kind of intaking a lot of information all at once. Um, why not throw to the six five, two hundred and forty pound giant that can run like the wind? So I, I like what we've seen out of T.J. Hawkinson over the past. Three, three weeks, but I do think he was kind of trending in that direction even before Josh Dobbs got down, even with Kirk Cousins still at the helm. Um, I, I thought T.J. Hawkinson had kind of turned a corner you know, even before you know Dobbs got here. So, But yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that he's really kind of hit another level, and it's been good to see because he's being paid like one of the best tight ends in the league, so he needs to perform like that, and for the first month or so, he's probably would be the first to agree that he wasn't. Um, but you've seen him kind of take on a lion's share of the offensive load over the past month um, and really kind of help buoy this, this team offensively um, when they've been down some of their best players. So, yeah, Hawkinson's been great you know, over the past month or so, um, but I think it's kind of been building even before that. One thing that hasn't been building has been ball security for Alexander Madison. <laughs> nice. As it continues, it just... It gets to a point, Ty Chandler is, what, fine. I mean, he's, he's okay. Yeah, yeah, he's okay. But when you put the ball on the turf like Alexander Madison does seemingly every single week, what is the point of no return where he just becomes unplayable? Yeah, I don't think he'll ever become straight up like staple to the bench unplayable because their their depth is so lacking in, in the backfield. Um, outside of Ty Chandler, it's Kenan Wongwu who's fast. Yeah, nope. really proven to be much other than a return specialist over the course of his career. So I don't think we'll get to a point where Alexander Madison just doesn't play football for the Vikings, but I think they will want to, you know, exercise some sort of accountability this week because frankly, the Vikings win the football game. If Alexander Madison doesn't fumble there in the third quarter, um, they were kind of ready to, and a touchdown felt inevitable at that point in, in Denver. 
and then all of a sudden, ball's on the turf. Um, Denver's going the other way, and it's, it's a ball game again. So I would not be surprised if Ty Chandler gets more of the reps this week if, if you kind of invert the carries. Alexander Madison had 18, Ty Chandler had 10 last week. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of flips on its head and, and Ty Chandler's kind of the lead back this week, largely because of what he's shown on the field with his speed and his burst and his explosiveness, but also probably partially because you have to send a message that you can't continue to fumble the football. Um, Kevin O'Connell talks a lot about it, um, almost like a college coach. The ball is the organization. The ball is the mm. program. Uh, you can't be fumbling that. So, uh, yeah, I think there will be some repercussions to what happened uh, on Sunday night. Um, but I also think Ty Chandler has been independent of Alexander Madison's fumbles. Ty Chandler has kind of built a case for himself for more touches anyway. So I, I think we're headed towards uh, we have 45 seconds left. What's the likelihood, Daniil Hunter, is there anything that can be done prior to the end of this season with him? He's having a phenomenal year. Um, they have to find a way to keep this guy, don't they? Yeah, I think so. And I think, um, no, before the end of the year, I think it's going to be hard just with the way the books work. Okay. Uh, but I think next off season, it might be something where you're forced to decide between do you want to bring Kirk Cousins back or do you want to bring Daniil Hunter back? Oh, boy. Because you just don't have a lot of money. So I know Kirk Cousins is by no means a guarantee to be back in Minnesota anyway, coming off that Achilles injury. But I think there was still talk about, well, why not bring him back, see if we can get him back for a cheaper price. Uh, but I, I think you're going to have to choose. And I think just with the way the money works, um, it's going to kind of be a, which one do you want? Frankly, I don't know how you let the new hunter go, even if that means letting Kirk Cousins walk. So we'll see certainly something to keep an eye on. But, man, he's been spectacular. So they can't let him go. Uh, Dane Mazzatani, St. Paul Pioneer Press, TwinCities.com. Dane, as always, we sure appreciate the contribution. Happy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you in a few weeks. Dane, thank you. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys, too. Good to talk to you. Thank you, Dane. Dane Mazzatani, St. Paul Pioneer Press, online, TwinCities.com. Uh, to Vegas next, we'll go inside the numbers with Mike Palm. Boy, Circa Survivor took another hit uh, with the Commanders going down to the Giants. Hour 2 next, 106.3 KXNO.